You know, on this day, we generally speak with Mr. John Reed, president of the Toronto Police Association, catch up on some of the big headlines. All righty, let's bring in John Reed to the conversation. Good morning, John. Good morning, Alex. How are you today? Oh, you know, it's been, uh, well, hopefully, hopefully you're not on the road. If you're not on the road, it's great. No, no, just in the office. Today. All right, there you go. Perfect place to be. A couple of things to pick through, not necessarily maybe the stories we want to talk to, but um, I'm got, I've got you, so I'm going to ask you about them. Um, one of the issues uh, of the former head of the Toronto Police, this is a guy who was a head of the disciplinary tribunal, pleaded guilty to impaired driving after being charged with a collision on four, the Highway 401, driving a police-issued SUV. This is uh, Superintendent Riaz Hussein pleaded guilty to one count of impaired operation. And um, I guess he'll get a $1,500 fine for that and a one-year driving suspension. But these are always complicated stories because, A, you have to talk about one of your own. But this guy has to appear in in front of the tribunal that he once presided over. So what happens in in these kinds of cases, especially if it's one of your more senior ranks? Yeah, so so first off... um the superintendent would not actually be part of our association. He'd be part of the senior officers association. Oh, good. Have uh, at her then, John. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't actually represent uh, uh, this officer. Uh, but the reality is, um, you know, he will be brought before the tribunal and dealt with. Uh, you know, our hope as an association always is that, uh, you know, he's treated fairly and uh, as would all our members. And that's all we ask for as an association is our members are treated the same as any senior officers are as well. Yeah. All right. And so, I mean, I think a few of the things that we hear is like one of the immediate comments was like, how do we expect to try, you know, why should we stop drinking and driving if the guys and, and gals in charge can't even lead by example? So these things become very kind of troubling, not not just for the public, but certainly they have to be an issue on the inside. I think you're, you're right. Um, no, these are taken very, very seriously by the service. And as such, I think, well, you know, the service will deal with them. Um, I, I can't really comment on all the details. I have, yeah. don't really have any further information apart from what's uh, what's been in the media myself. Yeah, but these things are always about optics. But the the point is, I mean, this guy would be paid. I mean, he still has to go through the police tribunal tribunal himself, correct? That's correct. Yes, my understanding is uh, he will have to go before the tribunal. Yes. All right, and yep. and, and what happens then? Let's say, uh, John, with other rulings that he would have maybe um, been part of, do those get reviewed? Like, I don't know if there's an issue here, but does this bring into question any of the cases he's done? Uh, I, I would imagine if there is a a case in which um, he was the adjudicator on, and the defense counsel who was involved in that file felt there was an issue. Um, of concern that would be brought up to the service and uh, would probably uh, be reviewed at some point, but that would be on a case by case basis. Can you be a cop after something kind of this public? Um, certainly at one of the senior lang- ranks moving forward, or is this one of those things that uh, you know? I mean, I, I'm completely asking you to almost guess, but um, can you can you stay on and survive to live another day on this? Uh, I, I think you can. Uh, I think the reality is, you know, without knowing everything that's going on in the background. Um, at, at which I can't comment on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with every situation, there's a lot of um, details and information which the public may not be privy to uh, in any sort of um, situation like this. Uh, but that has to be taken into account by the adjudicator in the end, and I'm sure they'll come to the uh, the correct conclusion. Yeah, we'll stay tuned on that one, see what happens. Uh, another big headline this week involves killer Craig Monroe, who has... Um, you know, he, he murdered a Toronto police officer back in uh, 1980. He tortured and killed a Toronto officer, Matthew Sweet. He's been trying to get bail, or not bail, sorry, um, uh, release, and, and certainly did not get that. He has been, what, 42 years um, in there? But he got denied parole. 
That's right. And it's funny enough, he, well, not funny. He was actually uh, granted unescorted temporary absent pass back in 2012. Like, how does that happen? Which, how, like, it's so beyond me how that even happened. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, um, you know, true to form, uh, this individual then was breached and his conditions of release were revoked. Um, you know, we've been steadfast and this this individual should not be left out of custody. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's injured to the community, uh, danger to police officers. Uh, and I realized it was a long time ago, um, but he has not changed. You know, um, we've been attending every parole hearing. The association's taken formal position and we supported uh, our position with victim impact statements uh, consistently. And one of the key problems we run into also is not being able to access the institutional records, yeah. uh, which the vendors that you rely on during these parole hearings, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. which is important. Well, it is important because we, we and, and I don't need to tell you this, we've just seen this revolving door when it comes to our, our parole, um, you know, boards. They don't, they're not really accountable to anyone and they seem to be on this constant benefit of the doubt uh, tour where everyone deserves seconds, thirds and fourths chances. And so it, it comes down to um, families often, uh, the victims of families that have to constantly go through the process of fighting to keep uh, these people locked up. In this case, you guys, uh, the police also would have had their say as well. But I mean, if you look at it, that this guy, they tortured this officer who was mortally, gravely injured. And, and I mean, there are some people that can't be rehabilitated and should just be an on- automatic no. Um, and yet, you know, these are the things you have to go through every single time to keep them behind bars. You're absolutely right. And see what happens is when these individuals appear before these uh, pro boards, they're different parole boards are all the time. Yeah. So there's no continuity yeah. as far as information they've been providing. So one thing we're actually in January 23 and 24 next year, we're, we have a hearing at the federal court of appeal um, in person. It's also open to the public and we're trying to access these institutional records. So you can actually document what these individuals have been doing and saying in the background, because right now they're protected, which I don't feel is fair. No, it's not. not right. It's not fair. Certainly, if you're you're trying to um, get get your freedom, I mean, every I should be dotted and T should be crossed. I, I'm waiting. Why is there no challenge to what these parole boards are doing? They have moved so far to the restorative justice side of things. Um, you know, uh, Marcia Dooley. Uh, you know, she got a life sentence for killing her her stepson, uh, Randall Dooley. She's out now. Uh, you know, 18 years later, and and just because you can apply and get parole does not mean you should get it. And she's a woman who should never get freedom for what she did to that boy. But yet, this is the system we now have. Why can't we push back and ask for more accountability from these parole boards? Well, that's what we are actually doing now, is we're actually, as I mentioned, uh, going for the courts. And this isn't just for um, you know the family of Michael Sweep. It's yeah. also Constable Bayless, mm-hmm. the Leslie Mahal, Kristen French yep. families as well. Yep. Um, you know, And we have to actually challenge these these cases and push back, as you say. Yeah, there's and there's so many of them. There's so many of them. Um, and I, a lot of people probably don't even know where one starts and one ends off. But nonetheless, um, I'm glad you guys are pushing back. Um, I just want yep, to quickly yep. get in. It, it's obviously the big holiday season campaign. We've been talking about charity a lot. It's it's the big time for everyone to get back. And, and that includes uh, Toronto Police Association yourself. What are you guys doing this year? Yeah, so we've actually got a long history uh, working with communities. Uh, every year on behalf of our membership, we TPA donates thousands of dollars to charitable causes and organizations. Uh, so this year, even the Christmas Wish campaign, mm-hmm. uh, we donated $10,000. And um, this week, we actually donated 1,000 toys for uh, ages from infants to tweens, um, which is really good. And we, we end up actually now with a lot of our units across the city working with their local communities to try and uh, run toy drives. Um, downtown, we're running Project Hope, which uh, supplies um, items for Afghan refugees mm-hmm. here in Toronto. Uh, we have Cram a Cruiser, Stuff a Bus, uh, which are single-day events in which we encourage 
local citizens and uh, businesses to come donate prizes and toys. Nice. Where, where can people do if they want to give a donation? Just at Toronto Police? So anywhere, any Toronto Police Station? Yeah, any, uh, right now you have like 41, 42, and 43 division are running a toy drive. Uh, if you call your local division, they'll let you know exactly uh, maybe the events they have running and the drop locations. Good stuff. Well, everyone's trying to fight their fight to get uh, some much-needed support to people, so that is your cause, and I'm glad you got to plug it. Hey, John, I don't know if I'll... Uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think unless you're on holidays, we're, we're, we're chatting again next week, but in case I don't, a Merry Christmas to you and everybody. Merry Christmas, but I'll be here and I'll be available. All right, never mind. I take it back. Thank you. Um, that is uh, John Reed, who is the president of the Toronto Police Association. So there you go. Update on a couple of the big crime headlines. I'm so glad to hear they're pushing back. The parole boards have to be more accountable. They just should. You're going to make these big decisions. Who are you? How'd you come to that? Got to be accountability.